Everyone who knows me knows that my dogs are never short on outfits. I buy leashes and collars like some people buy shoes and handbags. And my favorite collar is Iggy's custom-made Paco collar. Paco collars are 100% handmade from scratch by an amazing staff of artists, and the quality really is unparalleled. My dogs can't have collars that don't withstand wear and tear. They hike, they swim, they roll on dead stuff. These collars are guaranteed to last a lifetime, and they're designed to be worn by active dogs like mine. Iggy's collar is perfect for her. It's got purple stones, stars, and a beautiful design. There are literally thousands of design options to choose from, but don't worry. The staff at Paco loves helping customers pick out the best collar for their pets. That's exactly what they did when I went to their booth with Iggy. And they make stuff for humans too, so get over to PacoCollars.com and buy the best collar you've ever had, and don't forget to enter promo code COGDOG for free shipping. You all know how excited I am about Worked Up Camp, and I hope you're excited too. Working spots are full, but we've still got plenty of room for auditors. The camp is in Port Orchard, Washington, and it is September 28th through September 30th. It's going to be a ton of fun, lots of learning, really great community, and I can't wait. So hop over on the both the Cog Dog Radio and the Cognitive Canine Facebook pages have information on camp, and you can always join the camp event page. Just search for Worked Up Camp, and you'll find it, and you can get all the details there as well. So I hope to see you at camp. Hey there, dog people of the internet. It's me, Sarah Strumming of the Cognitive Canine. This is Cog Dog Radio, a podcast about all things dog sports and dog training. Join me as I explore my cases and considerations regarding the behavior of the dogs we live and play with. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, friends. This is going to come out on the 3rd of July, and as most of you know, the 4th of July, aka Independence Day, aka the worst day of the year for dogs, is upon us. So, I have pretty much hated this holiday for a very long time, pretty much since I've had Border Collies, which is almost 20 years at this point, and... I'm here to talk about how we can make this a little bit more manageable for you and your dogs because, let's face it, it's hell. And if you're me, it's been hell for a few days now and it's going to be hell for kind of a while after. Um, It would be easier if the booms that are threatening to kill us all would be restricted to one day, but they never are. So what do we actually do about it? I'm going to give you some manageable solutions that I hope you guys can play around with um, this 4th of July, maybe make it a little bit easier for you guys. So here's my disclaimer, I'm not a veterinarian. Any drug, whether it's over-the-counter or prescription, needs to be run by your veterinarian first, and this podcast is not a substitute for veterinary care um, or veterinary behavior care either. So do make sure that before you give your dog anything, you consult with their doctor. Having said that, there are some over-the-counter drugs that I like. My favorite one is called Zilkeen. Uh, That's Z-Y-L-K-E-N-E. And you can get it on Chewy.com. You can get it from Amazon. You can get it easily over-the-counter. It's for dogs. 
Um, it's known in the human kind of drug industry as lactium because it is actually just a milk protein supplement that is said to be calming. So that's one that I've had some success with, with, you know, just minor anxieties, minor struggles. It's not one that I would throw at a dog that was truly panicking because it's not going to touch the panic. And that's actually true for most of the drugs. If the dog is already in a panic, you are now in damage control mode. You are not going to actually help them calm down. You need to just help them to escape the thing that they're panicking about. So Zilkane can be a good one. And then, you know, with mixed results, melatonin, and there's more and more information about melatonin coming out um, all the time. It's something that I take, but it's not something I give my dogs anymore because I think I have better tools than that. Um, but it is something that I used to recommend really readily and I still don't, I don't not recommend it. <laughs> I just think sometimes we have better options. So Zilkane or Lactium and Melatonin are some of the over-the-counter drugs that I like. As far as prescription drugs go, and let me just be clear, the 4th of July in my household calls for prescription drugs over-the-counter is not going to cut it. Um, if your dog is truly terrified of the 4th of July, which if they're not, they're special <laughs> because the 4th of July is really, really terrifying for dogs. We are not talking about, you know, pathological sound sensitivity and noise phobias here. We are talking about what appears to be an apocalyptic event to them that is purely and truly terrifying for so many different reasons. The bright lights, the loud noises, the popping and crackling noises, the um, the fact that it goes into the nighttime, which is a time that they're used to being quiet, and the fact that it goes on for days. These are all awful things for dogs. So prescription drugs have to be on board um, for my dogs, especially Iggy, who's nine and a half. And what's interesting is that she didn't have a super hard time with fireworks until she was about seven or eight. And that can happen. Um, unlike, you know, a lot of anxieties and phobias that if they develop later in life, they're probably related to some kind of systemic health concern. Um, she checks out, her blood work is good. Her, she's a very, very healthy dog. And right around, actually, when I lost Kelso, she started to be pretty terrified of both Thunder and the 4th of July. Um, it was almost as if with him gone, she was like, okay, well, somebody's got to panic about this because he was here to panic about it before. And she's kind of taken over that role. So um, Trazodone is our friend in this household. And a lot of veterinarians are really starting to embrace Trazodone as a drug that can curb anxiety. So it's one to talk to your vet about for sure. And then I actually picked up um, the tip from my partner Leslie's hospital to combine trazodone and gabapentin. Um, and so for Iggy, the trazodone-gabapentin combo is the winner. She needs both of them on the day of um, and that's really important for her. So these are just some things to talk to your vet about. However, this podcast is coming out on July 3rd. And if you haven't already had this conversation with your vet, it is actually too late. And it's too late for a couple of reasons, even if they can see you today. 
you're still in the fire. You're still in the war zone. And starting the drugs now, you're not only are you not going to get an accurate read on what they can do, but you don't have any time to adjust them or figure out what works. So start now for next year. Start to, you know, have these things on board and try them out and see what works for your dog. You know, what dosage actually knocks them out during a stressful event? What dosage makes them, you know, functional but feeling better? You need to know these things. A lot of these drugs can uh, produce paradoxical effects. So they can actually make the dog, you know, bounce off the walls. You need to know that if that's going to happen. You don't want to be just throwing these drugs at these dogs on the day of. So why am I telling you about these drugs if it's a little too late? Because I think you should know that what I'm about to tell you doesn't stand alone from my dogs. My dogs benefit from pharmaceutical intervention as well as the interventions that I'm going to tell you. And I think it's just important for us all to accept that sometimes dogs need a little pharmaceutical help to get through hard things, just like people sometimes need a little pharmaceutical help to get through hard things. And none of us should be ashamed of that. None of us should be feeling bad about that. Iggy's also on fluoxetine, which is Prozac. Um, and she's been on Prozac for about three years. Um, I started it for some very specific, you know, life transitions that she was going through with me. We moved. Um, she was having increasing conflict with one of the other dogs in the household. Her separation anxiety went totally off the charts when we moved um, from Colorado to Seattle, which is interesting because our living situation in Colorado was the same. It was literally just we moved across the country and her separation anxiety skyrocketed. So she's also on fluoxetine and I'm saying that proudly here out loud because it's something I do to help her. When the dog that she had conflict with passed away um, and her separation anxiety had resolved, I actually did try to take her off Prozac. Um, and I saw a lot of her anxieties increase right off the bat. A lot of her just anxiety-related behaviors um, that she demonstrates spiked. And I said, you know, this isn't worth it. She can take that pill every day. And so she's back on it and I expect her to be on it the rest of her life. I don't care. I think it makes her life easier. And um, honestly, if it makes her life easier, I'm happy to do it. So pharmaceutical intervention for our dogs, for especially for things that just make their life hard to live, is a kindness that we can do for them. It is not something to feel bad about. It is not something to feel like a failure about. Um, it was hard for me to make that choice for her because I feel the same stigma that you all feel. And I feel the same kind of, you know, just thoughts of failure. And did I, did I screw this up? Is that why she needs those drugs? I felt all those things that you all feel when you make these, um, when you're trying to make these decisions. And in hindsight, I'm just so happy that I did it and I'm so happy I finally did it when I did because it's made her life a lot easier. And no doubt it makes things like the 4th of July easier too. She just needs additional pharmaceutical intervention for the 4th of July. Um, 
Not all of the dogs in my house need drugs for the 4th of July. Some of them do just fine with over-the-counter stuff, and some of them do okay with just these interventions that I'm about to tell you. That's why it's important to try these things out and have have these things not be new, have these things not be a novelty um, for your dogs. So here's some other stuff I like. I love the Thunder Shirt. It is a product that I have used for a very long time. There's mixed reviews on it for sure, but it's also a guaranteed product. So if you buy a Thunder Shirt and it doesn't work, you can just send it back. So it's literally no risk. Um, and again, and this is not actually an advertisement for Thunder Shirt, but I do love this product. And I'm looking at Iggy right now. There's been some booms happening today. So she's actually wearing hers today. She looks super cute in it. And I find that it helps her um, just kind of come down a notch. I see her when she's anxious, tighten her entire body into a ball. And when she's wearing the Thunder shirt, her body is looser. She's able to lay in a more natural position. Um, she's not curled up in a ball in a corner. She is kind of lying in a natural, more C-shaped position. And these are things that I think are the observable indicators of anxiety that we need to be paying attention to. What does the dog's actual body look like when they're experiencing anxiety? And do those things lessen when we put these interventions in? Because if we don't know what anxiety truly looks like in the term in terms of behaviors, in terms of physiological responses, then we can't know whether or not an intervention is working. The Thunder Shirt works for Iggy. It is helpful for Iggy. It's really important, you guys, that you don't put the Thunder shirt on for the first time on the 4th of July because it's a brand new, very different stimulus from anything else that they've experienced. And they can certainly learn to associate it with the big, loud, scary apocalypse that's happening outside. It's also really important that you don't put it on preemptively. So don't put it on before the scary stuff starts happening. Put it on after the scary stuff starts happening. Otherwise, it becomes a predictor for the scary stuff. So my order of operations looks like this. Booms begin. I administer drugs. I put on the thunder shirt. It literally goes in that order every time. Um... So I really, I do like the Thunder shirt, but it is something that dogs need to be introduced to during neutral times. Um, I read recently on the internet, somebody just puts her, just puts Thunder shirts on her dogs every Friday, no matter what's happening. And then they literally see it as just something that happens sometimes. Um, that's a great idea. Really smart thing to do. My dogs also wear back on track coats and rain coats. And I mean, my dogs wear clothes. <laughs> so the Thunder shirt's not actually that big of a novelty for my dogs. If your dogs, and I say my dogs, but it's, that's really for Iggy. Felix doesn't like wearing stuff. So he's actually never worn a Thunder shirt. And um, because he's never worn a Thunder shirt, and here we are in the beginning of July, he's not going to be wearing one this 4th of July because I haven't introduced it to him ahead of time. And to be honest, I just hadn't thought of it. So I may, um, over the coming year, introduce him to one and see how he feels about it. But he doesn't like wearing clothes in general, so I'm not sure that it's going to be one that helps him, but we'll see. We'll try it out. 
Another thing I really like to do is just try to drown out the noise. I tend to have a pretty quiet house. Um, don't have any little kids. I do live on a kind of busy two-lane highway, but I don't live in a neighborhood. Um, so my house tends to be kind of quiet. I also don't like the TV on all the time. Um, so it's quiet and I make it not quiet, um, while <laughs> the 4th of July kinds of things are happening. So I put the classical music Pandora station on super loud throughout the entire house. I run fans. Um, I close the windows. I close the blinds. I basically make it a cave. Um, where I'm trying to drown out the outside noise. So I try to, and then I try to make a smaller space in the house somewhere, an oasis from the noise. So I say, which part of the house are we going to have the least exposure to noise? So maybe there's a basement or maybe there's a closet where we can go. And I'm going to put dog beds in there and I'm going to, you know, drape blankets on the walls or drape, you know, drape towels to absorb some of the noise. I'm going to play loud classical music and put, turn a fan on and we're just going to try to escape it. We're just going to get away from it. So if you create that kind of oasis and again, introduce it to your dog ahead of time, just go in there and sit in there with them and read a book. Um, you can do it once early in the day and then go in there later in the day when the explosions are happening and just act like nothing is happening and you're in there just reading a book together. Um, that can be really helpful. I used to do that with Kelsa. We would just go into this small bathroom. We would close the one small window in there, close the blinds, turn on the bathroom fan, put on some music, put some blankets on the floor, and we would just hunker down. Um, it's also so important, you guys, to understand that Anybody who tells you that you are reinforcing fearful behavior for trying to comfort and be there for your dog is they honestly just don't understand what they're talking about. Of course, behaviors can be reinforced, but emotions um, are these kind of respondent things that are happening that you don't need to worry about reinforcing or punishing. Just be there for them provide a space for them. Don't worry about producing more and more of this behavior. Worry about being a safe place for them. And of course, you know that I love Kongs. <laughs> I love raw bones. I love puzzle toys. If the dog can be chewing, then the dog is relatively relaxed. So I like chewing and eating um, as a good thing to be doing while that's happening. Not all dogs are going to be able to eat um, during these events and that's okay. If your dog can't eat during these events, that's just more sign that pharmaceutical interve intervention is a good idea. Um, I like things that they can shred and do hard chewing on. It's more about something that will engage them and almost take their mind off of what's going on around them than it is about being a good treat and making good associations. I don't worry a ton about making the 4th of July good. I worry about surviving it because it only happens once a year. And so let's just get through it together. And if your dog develops kind of some generalized noise phobia or sound sensitivity, um, I really recommend my friend Amy Cook's class on Fenzie Dog Sports Academy. It's called Sound Advice. Um, 
and I should have looked this up before I recorded, but I don't actually know when it's running next, but you can find it on the schedule, on the schedule tab on uh, FenzyDogSportsAcademy.com. So that's sound advice with Amy Cook. She talks a lot about helping dogs through noise sensitivities and phobias, and it's a good, good course. So my final kind of point I want to make is keep your dogs safe. If you live in a place where fireworks are really, really bad, think about if you can get away or not with your dog. If you can go somewhere else where they're illegal or maybe not as common, um, that's a good idea. And know that dogs go missing more on this day than any other day of the year, and that's because they get scared and they run. So microchips up to date. ID tags on everyone. Mine are going to be wearing GPS collars as well because that's something that I've got in my life now. They're going to be wearing leashes going from the house to the car and the car to the house, which is not something they normally do. They're going to be wearing leashes when they're out on walks, which is not something they normally do. Secure your doorways, secure your windows. And honestly, if your dog's really scared, skip the party, stay home, take care of them. Um... If you're going to be staying home and you want to offer a safe space for somebody else's dog to land, I know a friend of mine is doing that. I think that's a really good idea too, to say, hey, I'm going to create an oasis for dogs in my house. If you want to drop your dogs off here, um, it's safe, it's securely fenced, etc. Not a terrible idea if you trust the person that you're leaving them with. So, Try to have um, an okay time. I'm not even going to wish anybody a happy 4th of July, honestly, because I think we're dog people and I think we hate it. Um, I hate it. I'm running away to the coast with my dogs to try to escape some of the fireworks um, and try to have the ocean drown out some of that noise, which is absolutely um, a privilege that I am really really excited about. So, uh, really excited to be able to take advantage of. So, survive it. Comment on this with your tips and tricks over on the Facebook page, and I will talk to you all once it's over. Thanks for listening to Cog Dog Radio. If you have questions or suggestions, shoot them over to cogdogradio at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to like the Cog Dog Radio Facebook page, and until next time, happy training!